Let us start with the scripture reading for the day. This morning's scripture reading comes from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and in love which are in, Jesus, which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Praise God. Thank you. Amen. Praise God. All right. We see the, the words are talking about there, about holding, about holding fast uh, to things that Holy Spirit has given us and shown us. And uh, in this day that we're living in, it is, it is particularly important that we hold fast to the things that we've learned through Holy Spirit and through studying Scripture and through worshiping and fellowshipping one with the other. It's very important that we hold fast to the things that we've learned. We're living in very challenging times. Things are indeed changing, you've heard me say before, and we realize that in the world today, those things that are considered bad or counter to the Word of God are considered to be good, and those things which are good in accordance with the Word of God are considered to be bad or considered to be passé. They're not indeed important. But the Bible talks about this, uh, these times coming to pass, and it particularly talks about the apostasy of the church, as it's called. And the apostasy of the church is actually the falling, uh, falling, the falling away of the church. Because we see, we see behavior for Christians even changing today, and we see that, that um, there's a permissiveness that is beginning to kind of invade the church, where things that we know uh, are counter to the Word of God are, are becoming more and more permissible. And in technical terms, if you will, or theological terms, it's called, it's called apostasy. And if you have a, uh, a Schofield Bible, I just want to just read from it because it's a study Bible, and it tells you what, what apostasy means. And uh, I'm just going to read it directly from the Bible. Uh, apostasy, or the falling away, is the act of professed Christians who deliberately reject revealed truth as to the deity of Jesus Christ and redemption through his atoning and redeeming sacrifice. Okay? So again, it's the falling away is the act of professed Christians who deliberately reject revealed truth as to the deity of Jesus Christ. Apostasy differs, therefore, from error concerning truth, which may be simply the result of ignorance, or heresy, which may be due to the snare or the trap of Satan, both of which may exist with true faith. Okay, so in other words, one, someone could, could claim to have faith and want to have faith, but because of the fact that they're being deceived or because of the fact that they're, they're just acting in error, you know, just acting in error because they don't know the truth, that they're, that they're preaching things and saying things contrary to the Word of God. The, 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 uh, it goes on to say here, um, the apostate, or one who has fallen to apostasy, the apostate is perfectly described in four, in chapter 4, 3 to 4. Apostates depart from the faith, but not from the outward profession of Christianity. So these are people who profess to be Christians or whatnot, but they're departing from the faith in the things that they say and the things that they do. Apostate teachers are described in chapter 4, verse 3, 2 Peter 2, 1 to 19, Jude 4, 8 to 11, 13 and 16. Apostasy in the church, as in Israel, is irremediable and awaits judgment. Okay? Irremediable means that it's, 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 it's unfixable. It can't be. And it's simply going to await the judgment of, of Christ. Okay? So, we see that there is this apostasy that we see even happening today because we hear and see things in the news and things that are happening round about the world and things where you have Christians and some ministers and priests that are doing things that are 
totally contrary to the word of God, you know, but yet still they're confessing Christianity and so forth. And so in, this, in the book of Timothy, I turn to 2 Timothy, the second book of Timothy. In the book of Timothy, we're going to look at this predicted apostasy of the church, not to mention the things that are going on, on around us that are counter to the word of God, but more importantly for today's message, what is the path that we should be taking when this world is around us. How do we live? How do we exist? What is it that we're supposed to do? Now, we heard from verse uh, chapter number 1, 13 and 14. It says, Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard from me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed unto, unto thee, or unto you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Okay? So I want to pick up at chapter number 2 here. I want to pick up in chapter number 2, verse number 1. And again, how is it? What is the path of a servant of God in this day of apostasy? In the day where so much is, is being um, denied and so much that is not being held as truth anymore. So looking at the second chapter and starting with verse 1. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard from me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So give the same things that you've learned to other faithful people so that they may be able to teach others also. Thou, therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. Okay? Thou, therefore, verse 3, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Being in this war that we're in, and we know through, through Bible study that we have it every week, we talk about the war that's going on, the conflict between good and evil, and we're caught up right in the midst of that war. And so what this is saying, it's kind of speaking from a military point of view, endure the hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Christ. Once we come to the Lord and we commit ourselves to Jesus Christ, we're considered, we're not only in, in a, as a child of God's family, but we're a soldier in the army of Jesus Christ, so to speak. So what, what, uh, what Timothy, uh, what Paul is saying here in this letter to Timothy is that, is that we should endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. So in other words, if you're in the United States Army, Okay, and you've taken that pledge to, to, to defend the country, etc., etc. You can't be concerned with your life and your affairs and so on like that. You're there at that particular time to serve the United States of America. You're there to defend this country. You're there to take your orders from the captain or the general, whomever, your platoon leader, the sergeant, whoever would be over you. So you can't be concerned and caught up with our, um, the other affairs of life when you're there on the battlefield doing battle. You've got to be devoted in your mind and your heart focused on what you're doing. So this is saying no man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life so that he may please him who has chosen to be a soldier. So in other words, you're following the commandments of your leader in the, in the military. You're following the commands of your captain, your, your platoon sergeant, your, or whomever is, is over you. You know, you are following the orders of the commander-in-chief. In the army of Jesus Christ, what this is saying is that we need to, fo to follow and to please the one who is leading us, and that's Jesus. And we can't be concerned and entangled with the things of this life. Now, does that mean that we totally ignore what's going on around us? No. But we're not to put so much um, thought and so much emphasis on the affairs of this life that we forget to please who the captain of our army is, and that's Jesus Christ, okay? 
He goes on to say in verse number 5, And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. So that means what, what we're doing here, we have to, of course, do it in accordance with the law. The farmer that labors must be first partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understandings in all things. Please understand, underline, and the Lord give you understanding in all things. It's so interesting that in so many times in Scripture here, the word talks about understanding 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 you know so that lets us know right away that 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 knowing god's word going to church and studying the bible it's a lot more than simply reading the bible and going to church but it's understanding what it is that you're hearing it's understanding what you're reading because if you're not understanding what you're reading and you're able to comprehend that it's not doing you any good you know if you were to ask directions how to get to you know how to get to macy's or whatever from here you know and someone says oh here here's the instructions and they giving you written directions to Macy's and you can read it but if you don't understand what it means, then it's not going to be much good to you. You know, if you don't understand what the directions are saying, then it's not going to get you to Macy's. You see, so so many times we as Christians, even we find ourselves in that same predicament. And I see it so much in, in my walk through life where, where when, when I'm speaking with people and yeah, and they're going to church and they're reading the Bible and they're professing to be Christians, but they're not understanding what the word of God is saying to them, because if they were, then they wouldn't be struggling in some of the things that I see them struggling in. Because they're not understanding what the Word of God is saying. And you can repeat those very same scriptures to them and they'll shake their head, yeah, 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 I get it. But they're not understanding the depth and the gravity of what that Word means to them in their lives. And so therefore they don't understand how to apply that Word to their lives. And so then they don't benefit from it. They don't understand how to follow the directions of what the directions mean. So therefore they never get to Macy's. Amen, amen, amen. So what he's saying is that I say, I, uh, consider what I say... And the Lord, he's praying and asking that the Lord would give you understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ, of the seed of David, was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, doer, even unto bonds. But the word of God is not bound. Okay? So what he's saying in verse 9, remember that Jesus Christ, first of all, of the seed of David, was raised from the dead according to the gospel, and for which he, Paul, was suffering... They were calling him an evildoer, and he's in bonds, meaning that he was even locked up, but the word of God is not bound, okay? So he was, he was following the word of God. We know that Paul was in prison, and he was beaten, as were many of the, uh, the uh, uh, disciples were, apostles were, all right? But what he's saying is that even though he's in chains, even though he's bound, the word of God is not bound, okay? So... They can call us an evildoer. They can mock us. They can laugh at us for doing and, and wanting to follow the word of God, regardless of what people in the office or in school, in the neighborhood or whatever are saying. And whatever people are saying is right and it's wrong. And, and, and they, they can mock us and, and even to the point of, of, of enchaining us, you know, you know, and throwing us in prison, God forbid, but should that come to pass. But you certainly you can't chain up God's word. You can't bind up God's word. God's word is more powerful than any man. God's word is more powerful than what any man can do to you. God's, God's word can set you free from prison. As we know, Paul and Silas were freed from jail. Amen, amen. So we're not, we're not to fear those things. But Paul is simply saying here, here that God's word is, cannot be bound. Verse number 10 says, Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. So he's willing to endure all of the things that's going on for the sake of the people, so that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Jesus. Jesus Christ, okay? So he's saying, 
it's important to me that I spread the word, that I spread the gospel so that others can also learn of Jesus. And I'm willing to put up with whatever um, they throw at me because of the fact that I'm preaching the word, I'm talking about Jesus, and I'm trying to spread the good news. Verse 11 says, It is a faithful saying, For if we be dead with him, you shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also uh, reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. Please don't align that. If we deny him, he will also deny us. You see, now that's very, very important. Okay? Verse 11 again, uh, if we're dead with him, you shall also live with him. So that means then, then when, you, when you gave yourself to the Lord and you were, in essence, you were made again, you were born again, you're made a new creature in Christ Jesus, it says. So the old man died and you raised up again. You raised up to live with Jesus. And if, if, if you suffer, we will also reign with him. Jesus suffered, but then also he was victorious. So so will you be victorious. But then it says at the end here, however, if you deny him, he will also deny us. You see? There's so many ways we can deny Jesus, you know, not by even by openly saying, um, um, I, I, I deny Jesus, or Jesus is not in my life, but through your actions and through the things that you say, through the things that you don't say when someone is talking to you about God or talking to you about the Bible or talking in a conversation. And even if they are talking against God, but because of the people that are there, you are afraid or ashamed to speak up and take a position, then in essence, you know, you've got to be careful because you could be denying Jesus. Jesus, you know, they're talking about about Christianity, they're denying Jesus, they're saying this and they're saying that, and you're just sitting there and you're kind of shaking your head, or if you're not shaking your head, you're just being silent, you know, sometimes silence is also agreement, you know, you need to be careful there, because if, you're den- if you deny him, he will also deny you. Verse 13 says, if we believe not, if we believe not, yet we abide faithful, he cannot deny himself. If we believe not, yet he, he abides faithful, he cannot deny himself. Of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Please underline verse 14. Of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit. In other words, be careful about saying words that are not beneficial to others, to yourself, or whatever, you know. You've heard me say many times, you know, if you can't say a good thing, keep your mouth shut. Keep it to yourself, you know. You know, it's not always, if, if it's not going to benefit or profit someone by what you're saying, you need to really think twice about saying it. You know, you know why, why say it? Why put it out there? Because all it causes is pain and drama and everything else, you know. So why even go there? We need to think about what, what it is we say. You've heard the old expression, God gave us two ears and one mouth. We should listen twice as hard as we talk or listen twice as much as we talk and speak, you know, let your, let, think about what you're going to say before you say it. Uh, uh, where's no profit? But to the subverting of the hearers. The subverting hearers meaning that the things that you could be saying, if, if they're not of profit, they could be putting someone off. They could be sending someone down the wrong track, down the wrong path. Fifteen, study to show thyself approved unto God. Please underline the word study. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If you're not studying the word of God, then you certainly don't know the word of God, and you certainly can't understand it. And also it says here, study to show thyself approved unto God. I mean, first of all, it, you know, it, it meets God's approval when you are studying. So, you know, don't you want to make God proud of you? Don't you want God to be pleased with you, I should say? You know, you know you've seen, you know, gosh, long back as I can remember, there's been the old saying about someone bringing an apple to the teacher because they want to be the teacher's favorite. You know, they bring an apple to the teacher. 
and, and tell you the truth, in all my years in elementary school, I don't remember anybody ever bringing a teacher an apple, but I don't know if people do or not. But anyway, but it's kind of an ongoing thing. You bring an apple to the teacher. Why? Because you want the teacher to be pleased with you. Well, you know, we don't bring an apple to God, but we do study his word, you know. And studying his word, taking time out of your busy day to study the word of God pleases God, you know. And if you stop and think of it, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of unjust for us not to take some time out of, a, out of the day to study God's word. Because after all, who gave you the hours in the day? Who gave you the hours in the day? God blesses us each day that we wake up with another day of life. And we mean to say that we can't take a few hours, a couple of hours, one hour, my God, to, to study God's word in a meaningful way, to read it and spend time with him, some quality time with him, you see. And this is what makes God's approval, you see. And the other thing that we have to think about is that if we're not studying God's word and if he doesn't, uh, if he doesn't feel um, uh, uh, you know, he's not approving us of our behavior, then how is God going to give to us his deeper secrets? How is God going to reward you with the things that he might want to reward you with? If you're not studying his word, you certainly can't understand it, as the first, the earlier scriptures that we read about understanding God's word. And if you're not studying, how can you understand it? And if you don't understand it, how can you benefit? Again, how can you get to Macy's if you don't understand the directions? Well, you, you won't learn the directions unless you're studying God's word, you know. And God's word is a living word. It isn't something that you can, you heard me say a million times, that you can't intellectually just understand. Some folks have the gift where they can memorize a whole book. Yeah, you can memorize the Bible. It's possible to memorize the Bible, but it's not necessarily understanding the Bible. And there's a big difference, a big difference. Amen? Amen? So in all of this, again, it's in line with what path should we be taking? How should we be living during this time where there's so much falling away from Christianity, where there's so much denial of the truth? All around us, people are talking such garbage and such nonsense and denying what the Bible is saying. How do we know? You know, how? And how are we supposed to live our, live our lives? Um, okay. Uh, it goes on to say, I'll read it again. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Hmm. Underline all of 16. And, and let me go back to 15 just for a second here, because I feel in my spirit led to... Where it says in 15, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, underline the word dividing, okay? If you're studying the word of God, you'll be able to divide or discern what the truth is that is in that particular word. Okay, and we see that a lot. We see where people are debating the word of God and discussing the word of God, you know, and, and the word of God may appear to be unclear. You see, if you're studying the word of God, you will be able to say, no, this is the truth of that scripture. This is not the truth. This is the truth of that scripture. This is what that scripture means and not what people are thinking, thinking that it means. Because so many times people misinterpret because they simply don't understand God's word. So rightly dividing the word of truth. Shun profane. Stay away from profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more, uh, unto more ungodliness. You know, so you need to stay 
away from people that are into all sorts of profane conversation and vain babblings, you know, pump, puffing up themselves, talking about how great they are and all that. Because what God is saying is that all that does, it leads to more ungodliness, you know. And you, don't want, you certainly don't want to be in a place where you're being led to more ungodliness, you know. You, 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 you don't have to laugh. I don't care who the person is because they tell a dirty joke or, or say something profane. You don't have to laugh just because you know them or just because they're your friend, your family member, whatever. You don't have to laugh. Matter, you can get up and leave. Okay? And if they, you, you, you don't want to hear that, no, I don't. Okay, why don't you want to hear? Well, because that's not me. That's not in line with God. And I don't want to, to expose my spirit to that kind of talk and that kind of behavior. Okay? Because you let yourself do it. All it does is leads to more ungodliness. All right? And in this day and time, with everything the way it's going, what's good is bad and what, what is bad is considered good, people want to get you to think more like them every day. They want you to be more like them every day. They want you to relax your God. They want you to accept the things that they accept. Because the whole world is accepting this particular thing, they think now that you should, you should accept this particular thing. You know, you should behave a certain way. You know, oh, you should be more tolerant. You should do this and you should do that. Well, this is not a day and age of, 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 of tolerance. We're to love people. God loves people. But God is certainly not saying to tolerate sin. All right, we pray for the sinner, you know, God, Jesus came for the sinner. He didn't come because the world was in such great shape. And he came because the whole world was full of sin. You know, so you love the sinner and you pray for the sinner. But that doesn't mean that you tolerate his ways to the point that those ways rub off on you. Okay, we don't want to, because all that does is increase unto more ungodliness. Verse 17, and their word, and their word will eat as does a gangrene of whom are, are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, okay, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. You see, so here's, here's two people here where he is saying that's actually happened with. It says in 17, and their word will eat as does a gangrene. A gangrene, or in King James it says canker, so that means it's rotting. It's like gangrene. Uh, and their word will eat as does uh, gangrene, of whom are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth, they've erred. Okay? They're wrong. You know, they're wrong in what, they're, what they are saying is the truth. Saying that the resurrection is past already. Okay? And overthrow the faith of some. You see, underline that, please. So this is what we have to be careful of today. Because there are many out there that are simply wrong in what they're, what they're saying. They're wrong. They're flat out wrong. But yet still, they're overthrowing the faith of some. And how do they overthrow the faith of some? Because in what they're saying is wrong, those that are listening, not knowing and understanding the word of God, start believing the, the error. They start believing it. So therefore, it overthrows and upsets their faith, you see. So this is what you have to be so careful of. You have to know the word of God for yourself. You can't go taking it secondhand. You can't. You have to know the word of God. And the only way you can know the word of God is by reading the word of God prayerfully, asking Holy Spirit. I always tell, tell, tell folks that when you're reading the Bible, before you sit down and open it, you know, you send a prayer up. Lord, you know, help me be with me during this time. Holy Spirit, open my heart, my mind, my eyes, my ears, and, and thoughts so I can receive your word. Help me to understand it. You get to a scripture that's not quite, quite clear to you. Ask the Lord to, to help you understand it. Read it again. Read it again. If it's not coming immediately, just keep on reading. I guarantee you sometime during the day, during the course of the night, understanding for that scripture. 
it will come to you. It will come to you. All right. But just don't read the Bible like you're picking up, you know, to read another chapter of War and Peace, you know, or, or reading some romance novel. You know, you pick it up to read the Bible because you want to understand what God is saying to you through his word. Okay. So what he's saying there is these two people, um, Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth, they have erred. erred. They're, they're wrong, saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. Verse 19, Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure. The foundation of God stands sure. Having this seal, the Lord knows them that are His, and let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Please highlight all of verse number 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure. You can rest on that. It stands sure. Having this seal, the Lord knows them that are his. God knows you because you're his. And let everyone that names the name of Jesus, of Christ, depart from iniquity. Stay away. Get away from iniquity. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purges himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and fit for the master's use. Please the line, fit for the master's use, and prepared unto, unto uh, every good work. So being a vessel of honor, it says, it has purged himself, has purged himself from those other things, from that iniquity. See, so if you want to be a vessel of honor that can be fit for the master's use, you need to purge yourself of iniquity. All right. Now we all want to be fit for the master's use. You see, and we and sometimes we wonder why we're not seeing, why we're not hearing, why we're not understanding. You know, and I'm not saying every time you're not understanding or not hearing from God or not seeing from God that you're necessarily um, bound and immersed in sin. But you should then just do a self check. Ask the Lord, Lord, am I missing something here? Did I overlook something? You know, because we can sin also. We can, we can also sin. Not by simply doing something. We can sin by omission, it's called. And that's by not doing something that God is telling us to do. Okay? If God is telling you to do something and you're not doing it, that can be a sin of omission. Which is the same as a sin of commission, which is something that you actually do. So you even have to be careful about when God is telling us to do something. Are we carrying out what God is telling us to do? You know, are, are, we, are we taking our children to school regularly? Are we doing this? Am I doing things correctly at work? Am I obeying my boss? Am I, God bless me with this position. God bless me with that. And am I doing what God has wanted me to do? God has told me that the next time so-and-so in the office or at work or in the neighborhood says something, says so-and-so, that I need to tell him about Jesus. All right? The next time you're in the presence of so-and-so, you may hear Holy Spirit tell you, and so-and-so says this, that, or the other, that you need to say this, okay, distinctly. But then when you get around that person, when you get in the front of so-and-so, and the person says that again, for whatever reason, because of your relationship to so-and-so, you decide not to say anything. You just want to keep the relationship good. You just want to keep everything cool. So you just stand there, you sit there, and you just kind of nod or smile, even though in your spirit you're totally disagreeing, you see. But God said to you, the next time so-and-so says so-and-so, this is what I want you to say. So for you not to do that could be a sin of omission. 
Okay, which is the same as committing a sin. You see, so but we need to check God with ourselves because all of that. Now that's just one little example. But whatever it is we're doing or not doing unto our lives, in verse number twenty-one, if a man therefore purge himself from these, get rid of these things out of his life, um, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and fit for the master's use, and prepared unto every and prepared unto every good work. Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, love, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Okay? Things that we used to do when we were kids because we just didn't know any better. You come to the Lord and now you've matured. Okay? Even as a Christian, you know, you start out as a Christian, we're all baby Christians, and we start out doing things and or continuing to do some things that we did in the world and we until we know better, until we learn better, and we grow until we become more and more mature Christians. You know? Things the things that I still held on doing shortly after I was born again, you know, it took me over months and years and things like that. You know, I, I think you I, I mentioned to you that when I was first born again I was still smoking my pipes, you know, and then as the Lord started started working on me and things like that and I started realizing well, well I'm I'm polluting you know this temple that God's living in and not to mention you know what it's doing to my health and everything and then I stopped smoking with no no kind of uh, what do you call that tobacco cravings and all the nicotine fits and all of that okay and so you so you mature you learn things as Holy Spirit ministers to you you learn and you learn and you learn okay so you flee the useful lust but follow righteousness faith love peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart but foolish and unlearned questions avoid please underline that foolish and unlearned learn questions avoid knowing that they breed breed stripes okay you hear people with so many questions that you know and say certain things and get into sort all sorts of de- debates and and so on if you don't feel Holy Spirit is telling you to get involved in that debate or that line of questioning, and then here it's just saying to, to, to avoid it, that's all. Because all it does is it breeds strife. It be, breeds more confusion and contention and whatnot. And, again, you've heard me say, I mean, there are some people I just refuse to vacation with, some people I refuse to, to, to associate with and, with and everything, because every time I've been around them, nothing but strife is picked up, has cropped up. It doesn't no matter what's going on, the most simplest thing, you know, do, do we go here or do we go there? There and a whole big thing, you know, breaks out on just the way where where you want to go as a group. And so I said, never will I go through that again. You know, any kind of situation where there's that kind of strife, you try to avoid it. But but unlearned questions here, especially pertaining to the Word of God. And the servant, verse 24, and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, struck instructing those that oppose him if God perhaps will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. All right? So just back up there in verse 24. The servant of the Lord must not strive. In other words, do not be involved in strife. The servant of the Lord must not be involved in strife, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, be willing to teach, being patient, um, meekness, humility, instructing those that oppose him, if God perhaps will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. So through what you may be saying to someone, that person may wind up seeing the error of their ways and may wind up repenting to God, may wind up coming to the Lord. And they, uh, verse 26, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, 
devil who are taken captive by him at his will. You see, so what this is just saying is that if we are, 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 are acting in line with verse 24, you know, serving the Lord, we must not be ones that are bringing across strife, but be willing and patient and meek and everything to instruct those that they may, they could be saved in verse 26, and that that person that is saved, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his, as he will, at his will. There are so many people that the devil takes, takes into captivity at his will, at the devil's will, simply because they're not following God, they're not aware of the word of God, and they don't know the truth, you see. But what this is saying is that through our meekness and patience and willingness that we could, could uh, possibly be a, uh, a, a conduit for leading that person to the Lord. Chapter number 3, verse 1. Uh, in closing down, we'll go through three here, in closing. Um, this, know, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Now, this is really where the apostasy of the church is being, is being predicted here. Um, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, Unthankful, unholy. Uh, verse number two, year two, right out, right out of the box. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. All right, sound familiar? Uh, verse thirty, verse three, without natural affection. Underline natural, without natural affection. Truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Underline, please, despisers of those that are good, having a form of godliness, but denying the power of it. Please underline that. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power in it. From such, turn away. From such, turn away. Now, we know that is certainly going on around us because how many people do you know and proclaim, you know, they, they'll talk about God, talk about the Lord, and wear big crosses around their necks, and, and will even, even say and behave certain ways. But yet still, by the things that they, that they do in their lives, obviously they are denying the power of God's word and of, and of God because otherwise they wouldn't be behaving, be living the life that they're, that they're living, you see. So while they are having this form of God, as you look at them on the surface, they're, oh, such a godly person, such a godly man, such a godly woman. But the things that that person is saying or living or believing or doing is denying the power of it. Of it. And it says, from those kinds of people... Turn away. For of this sort are they who creep into houses. Listen to this now. For of this sort are, are they who creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with various lusts. For, for learning and never, for, I'm sorry, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Please underline all of that. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Man today, man's knowledge, technical knowledge especially, has gone in leaps and bounds. Leaps and bounds. And I've read a, a fact sheet, a factoid as they call it, something that I think it was in the last hundred years, the speed at which man's knowledge has grown relative to sciences and advances and things like that surpasses all that has ever come to be known, you know, humanity, something like that. So in the last period of time, with the advance of scientific things and, you know, devices or whatever, their man's knowledge has really, really grown, has really gone in leaps and bounds. But here in chapter 3, verse 7, where it says, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth, so they're advancing in all of that knowledge and ever learning but when it comes down to the truth, 
They don't know what truth is. Because those very same folks who are so advanced and so knowledgeable in the sciences and anything else that's out there, when you start talking to them about God, they poo-poo it. They poo-poo it, you see? You see? So they can be so bright and so brilliant about math and physics and astronomy and everything else like that, but when it comes down to a basic truth, they deny it. Very good, easy point in case in point is you talk to them and you marvel at their scientific genius, and then they turn around and say, this all came from the Big Bang. You see? So that right there, that's an example where you've got these brilliant men who've been able to figure out the space-time continuum and all like that. But the truth, the truth is that God created all that is. They deny it. You see? Now this was written way back when, but what does it say right here in Scripture? They will be forever learning. Oh, first it's saying, saying that there are people in verse number 6 again. Um, 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power of it, of it from such or from these kinds of people turn away for this sort are they who creep into houses they wind up getting into your house getting into your thoughts and lead captive silly women laden with sins led away with various lusts ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth all right you see so you got to be careful what you're listening to be careful of who's knocking at your door be careful of what kind of conversations you're sitting around and being involved in all right because if they're not speaking of truth with a capital T then you can wind up being led astray the same way and the word of God here is saying to stay away from that verse number eight now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses so do these also resist the truth men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith please in the line um, um, uh, all of verse number 8 there now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses they gave Moses a hard time so do these also resist the truth men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith but they shall proceed no further for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was okay so in other words all of these people today that are talking all of this nonsense relative to the things of God speaking all of their truths it's folly, it's foolishness, it's silliness, all right? As their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as, as theirs also. The Bible speaks elsewhere. It says that whatever's done in darkness will be revealed, revealed in the light, okay? So, and if you listen intently, you listen to what you hear spoken on the news, you listen to, I'll just say, listen to the politicians, you listen to what's being said out there, you listen to what's happening and everything, and you as a child of God, you can look at them, you can feel it in your spirit, Holy Spirit will be speaking to you, that person is lying, that doesn't make sense, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, but yet still there'll be someone on that same newscast that defends them defends them to the death that is just saying, oh, they are so right, they are so right. Well, this is folly. This is folly. And what's done in darkness, God does reveal with his light, the light of truth. And see, and then that will come out as some things are starting to come out. It will indeed come out. They'll be revealed, okay, of their folly. It'll be revealed. But thou, verse 10, for thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering. Long-suffering means patience, love and patience. Persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured. But out of them all the Lord delivered me. Please underline that. What persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Okay? Okay? So whatever issues you go through in life, whatever challenges, whatever hard times you go through, the Lord will indeed deliver you. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus 
shall suffer persecution. Yea, and all that will live God in Christ Jesus um, shall suffer persecution. So what it's saying here is that we living in Christ, you can expect to, to experience some persecution, you know, and that is people giving you a hard time because of your belief. That's to be expected. But know, though, know that God will deliver you through whatever, you know, it may be uncomfortable at the time it's happening. It may be distasteful to you, but God will indeed bring you through it. Verse 13, but evil men and seducers shall become worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Please underline 13, evil men and seducers shall become worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou, continue thou, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Okay, continue in the things which you have learned and has been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. You learned this from God, learned this from Holy Spirit. And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Please underline all of that. All of that. Continue, starting in 14, continue in the things which thou hast learned and has been assured of, knowing of whom you've learned them. God has taught you the things that you know. Holy Spirit revealed them to. Lord Jesus is there teaching us. Hold on to those things, all right? Continue in those things. And then verse 15, And that from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures. From a very early age we've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise. If you want to be wise, understand Scripture. You want to know what's going on, understand Scripture, able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Please underline. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. All right? The Word of God is there for profit in terms of profit, meaning that it will make us better, it will help us, it will guide us. For doctrine, for reproof, for correction. We're doing something wrong, we're believing something wrong, the Word of God can correct that. For instruction in righteousness, the Word of God instructs us where we should do, what we should do, where we should go. In verse number 17 in closing, that the man of God may be perfect, Thoroughly furnished unto all good works, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Amen, amen, and amen to that. Praise God. So, and, and we're going we're gonna to close there, and just knowing that, again, in this day and age that we're living in, and you can see the writing on the wall, I mean, how many things in here do you see and you hear that's going on that you know is not in line with the Word of God, that you know is wrong, and that you just see people just kind of drifting, drifting, and drifting more towards where um, 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 other people, so to speak, are going. You know, you know for us to be... Uh, um, uh, uh, Heck bent on standing firm in the word of God and trusting the word of God, um, you're going to be better off. And, and then, you know, you'll understand truth when God is speaking it to you. You'll be able to separate truth that is told you from God versus truth that someone has spoken to you by another man. You know, and if you're confused between the two, ask God. God will certainly tell you what is indeed truth, because God is there to lead us in all truth. Amen, amen. Praise God. I hope that this message has been a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let us prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings.